Psalm chapter 42, we are going to read it, and then we'll pray, and then we'll study it together. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continue to say against me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God, with the voice of joy and praise, with the multitude that kept the holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan, and of the Hermonites, and from the hill Mizar. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy waterspouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me, and my prayer unto the God of my life. I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a sword in my bones, mine enemies reproach me. While they say daily unto me, where is thy God? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again we come before you. And, and we beg, Lord, that you would be with us. Uh, we, we plead that your Holy Spirit would be moving amongst us, that we would understand what David is writing here. Lord, that we would be able to relate with him and understand that um, times of spiritual depression come. It's not just for other people. It's not just for the unsaved who struggle with sadness. Lord, even, even the righteous like David can ask these questions and, and, and wonder, where are you? Where are you when I'm feeling this way? Why am I so sad? Why, why do I not have that joy that we sing about? Lord, I pray that you be working in our hearts, that through your word you would change us. Lord, that uh, maybe if there are those in this room who just need to admit that they are going through something similar to this, that they'd be able to do that and seek counsel from amongst the church. We are here to bear one another's burdens. Um, but Lord, I do pray that you would help us to find encouragement above all this morning in your word. Lord, I pray that you would be working here today. Lord, I pray that you would honor your word when you say that you will uh, not have it come back void. And Lord, I do pray that the words of my lips, the meditation of my heart, that it would be pleasing unto you, O God. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Depression. Uh, it's not a word that we like to talk about a lot. It's kind of a, a dirty word among Christians. Maybe we would think that unsaved people, they deal with depression, and rightfully so. They are without Christ and as Paul says, if they are without Christ, they are without hope in the world. So, of course, they would struggle with depression. But if you are a Christian here this morning, you need to understand that depression comes to Christians too. Uh, 
It is not a dirty word. It is not a dirty topic. And while we may sing that we have the joy, joy deep down in our hearts, there are some days when you really don't feel it. There are some days when it is hard to get out of bed, when it is hard to put on nice clothes and come into church, put a smile on your face. What are we to do? According to National Institute of Mental Health, 1 in 20 adults admitted to being depressed. They admitted to it, which means that there are probably more uh, who would not admit to it. Uh, David Murray, um, great writer on the topic, a uh, great theologian, by the way, too. Uh, I think he's at Covenant Seminary. All right, but uh, he, he put that you could probably bump that up to one in five. Do the math. All right, we are people. We are flawed human beings. And while today I'm not talking specifically about uh, depression uh, as far as chemical imbalances and things like that, I am talking about spiritual depression, all right, which is a little bit different. But if you do the math and you think, all right, well, even if it was 1 in 20, it's more than 20 people here. All right, if it's 1 in 5, certainly that we have a not higher number amongst us uh, who are struggling with things like what David writes about in Psalm chapter 42. Now, why don't we talk about it? Well, some things would probably go into that. Uh, fear. What are, what are others going to say about it? Uh, maybe a little bit of pride. I, uh, well, I, maybe I feel a little sad today, but it's not a big deal. I'm, I'm stronger than this. Or maybe a little bit of embarrassment. That, oh, I can't believe that I'm, I'm dealing with this. They're not dealing with this. This is embarrassing. Those are not good enough reasons. Like I said, there's a good chance that some here are struggling with what I would call spiritual depression. It doesn't have anything to do with the chemical things going on in your head. Uh, it has something to do with your soul. It has something to do with your heart. Now, it might be long periods. Maybe, maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're hearing me talk and you're going, well, I've been dealing with that for a long time. Maybe it's a short thing. Maybe something just happening in your life, maybe even this week, and you feel the grief, you feel the sorrow. David Murray puts it this way, being, depressed, uh, being a depressed Christian in a church full of people who did not understand depression is like a little taste of hell. So maybe if this isn't you, maybe if you're the four out of five uh, who are not struggling with it, and you're thinking, well, I'm not. All right, he's, he said this is about depression. I don't deal with depression, so I get an out. As a church, we need to be sympathetic. As a church, we need to be compassionate to those who are suffering with this. So, if this is you, I believe we'll learn a lot this morning. If this isn't you, look of ways that you could be an encouragement. Look of ways of how you can talk to someone and say, Hey, I, I'm here for you. Now, as I said, uh, David struggled with spiritual depression. Uh, and there are certain characteristics about your personality that might help you toward this. If you're an introvert, most likely uh, you struggle with it more than an extrovert. That's what uh, science tells us. That's what all the studies say. Or if you're more of an introspective person, you think a lot about what you're doing, uh, you might struggle with it more. Uh, if you're an emotional person, of course, you might struggle with this more. And David would actually fit into both categories. Uh, I know he likes to dance uh, when, when the art comes to town, all right? but uh, he is an introvert. And he is an emotional person. We know that. 
uh, very well. But here he writes, and it is David who writes this. We don't know exactly when. Um, Some would say it's during uh, his his, uh, fleeing from Absalom. Uh, Maybe it's during that period. Some others would say uh, that it's when Saul is chasing him. Uh, I would probably say it's when he's running from Absalom because he talks about he was there leading the worship and he didn't really do that all that often when uh, Saul was around. All right, so we're talking about a man who's on the run for his life and he is feeling the grief of all that entails with that. All right, so let's look here. I'm going to do it a little differently. I usually uh, do exposition verse by verse, uh, but Psalms are different. There are themes, they're, they're, it's, it's a poem, really. Uh, so you've got to take it by themes, and sometimes you've got to jump around a little bit. So that's what we're going to be doing this morning. All right, but let's, let's look first at some indications. How can you know if you're spiritually depressed? What are some of the indicators? What is uh, David here experiencing that you could say, yes, he is struggling with spiritual depression? Well, the first one is constant sorrow. Uh, Look at what he says in verse 3. My tears have been my meat day and night while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? He's been crying. Sometimes it's as easy as that to tell whether you're spiritually depressed or not. If you're sitting in the car and you're crying and you don't know why, might be an indication here, David says that he's been crying so much, his belly is full. His belly is full of tears. It's all he's been eating. He's been crying so much that he has no appetite. He's grieved. My question for you is, have you ever been there? Have you ever been there when you just can't stop crying? When, when you're sitting at home and you're, you're with your loved one and, and you're just talking And all of a sudden, this emotion just rolls over you and you don't know exactly why, but you just can't stop. That's what David is experiencing. He's also experiencing another indicator of a chaotic soul. There's no peace. Look what he says in verses 5 and 11. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Verse 11, Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of thy countenance and my God. This word disquieted, it's actually uh, most often interpreted as roar, uh, either with bears or with waves. That's usually what what, uh, the word is used for. So think about that in your soul. It's not just that uh, there's uh, some noise happening within you, all right, but that there's chaos. It's like your soul is roaring within you. Uh, And when would a bear roar? Uh, Only when there's grief somewhere close by, right? Like it doesn't just roar when it's uh, relaxing and there's peace and tranquility and the butterflies are going all over the place. All right, that's not when a bear roars, but when there's some kind of, of threat. All right, a sea. You don't say there's a storm and it's totally still, right? You would say that the, the waves are roaring when, when it's a, a word that I couldn't say a couple weeks ago when I was preaching in swift current, tempestuous. Right? Yes? 
maybe. All right, that's a hard word. All right, but when, when the sea is going crazy, you would say, oh man, the waves are roaring. And that's what David is experiencing within his soul. There's no peace. There, there's, there's no levelness to it. There's no balance within him. It's chaos. He doesn't know what's going on within him. He, he, he doesn't know even how to put it down other than saying, I don't know why, but my soul is disquieted. It's roaring within me. There's no peace. Now, you could probably know whether that's you if you've been going through a whole bunch of mood swings. Maybe, maybe you've been yelling at your wife. Or, or uh, maybe you've been complaining to your husband and, and you don't really have a reason to complain or you don't have a uh, reason to be angry, but you just are. That's, that's an indicator that you have some chaos happening within you. Uh, mood swings, exhaustion. There's no rest with a chaotic soul. You can't sit back and relax. You're constantly thinking about things. You're, you're obsessed with it. There's chaos happening within you. Uh, William Gurnall, uh, who, who, who is Puritan, he wrote some great books. He said this, A hopeless soul is clamorous. It cannot long rest, and no wonder when hope is not there. There, you are chaotic because you don't have any hope in the situation. And we'll get to what that means here in a minute. Another indicator that we see here is that others can see it. In verses 5 and 11, which we already read, uh, he, he talks a lot about his countenance. That, that, that's a word that means face. All right? uh, that um, you could tell. Of course, the tears flowing from his eyes would be a good indicator of this. But also, just his face. You could tell things aren't right with David. And maybe some people in your life have been saying, uh, it looks like something's wrong. Have you been crying? Uh, did, you, did you have a rough day? Maybe, maybe you walk in from work and your wife can tell or your husband can tell. Uh, oh, what What happened? What happened? I could see some, something's not going all right here. I, I need to know what's going on. It's written all over your face. Others can see it. Fourth, you could see an indicator of spiritual depression in just that there's pain. Verse 10, As with a sword in my bones, mine enemies reproach me, while they say daily unto me, Where is thy God? This isn't a flesh wound. This isn't some little cut that you get, oh yeah, it hurt a little bit, but I'm moving on. Uh, the reproach of his enemies, well, they keep on saying this, where is your God? And, and it hurts David so much uh, that it's like someone took a dagger and has it in him and is constantly just kind of mixing up that knife in there. That's extremely painful. And maybe you've been experiencing that in your soul. That there's just pain. And you, you can't put a finger on it. You don't know exactly why. And it's more than the pain of a pet's death. It's, it's more than the pain uh, uh, of something superficial in your life that went wrong. There's something deeper there and you don't quite know what it is. It might be spiritual depression. Your soul hurts. Now what are the causes? What are the causes for spiritual depression? Well, David gives us a whole bunch of reasons. Uh, verses 1-2, through two, he says... Uh, the famous verse, as the heart, maybe your translation says as the deer, as the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth 
for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Uh, Usually we have these in worship songs, and it's worshipful. But here is a desperate man saying, I just need you, God. I feel distant. I feel distant from you. I I, I feel like there, there is a gap here, a separation between me and you. And I just don't feel you as close as you used to be. Now, for David, it's geographical. Again, he's on the run. And he's thinking about being in the house of God amongst uh, the nation of Israel and worship. But maybe for you, it's spiritual. You, you, you've been praying, but you just feel like God is distant. And again, it's not that He is distant, but that is how you feel. Another thing he says here in verse 2, he says, um, he says, when shall I come and appear before God? When will this happen? He's feeling uncertain of the future. Actually, when you do studies about depression, and spiritual depression would fall into this as well. And one of the main reasons uh, that someone is depressed is, is because of an uncertain future. Uh, now, maybe that has something to do with finances uh, or, or something job-related, uh, a big life change that you don't know how is going to work out or you think that you need it, but it's not happening. But there's a feeling of uncertainty about the future. David says, when will this end? Is it always going to be this way? Is it ever going to get better? Number three of a cause for spiritual depression is opposition. All right, this is pretty much what David means. All right, this is his main uh, reason. Verse three: My tears have been my meat and day and night, while they continue to say unto me, Where is thy God? Verse nine: I will say unto God, My rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? And verse 10, as with the sword of my bones, mine enemies reproach me while they say daily unto me, where is thy God? So basically what's happening here is David's enemies are saying, why isn't God saving you like he used to, David? Think about David's life. He's he's been through some crazy stuff and God delivered him. Bears, lions, giants. God saved him. So why isn't God saving you now, David? Trying to put some doubt into his mind. I like what Spurgeon uh, said about this. He wrote, "It, uh, It cut the good man to the bone to have the faithfulness of his God impugned. All these questions about God's faithfulness, uh, it hurt David. Maybe that's something that you're dealing with. Of accusations, maybe at work. It's a hard place to be a Christian. Things are getting said to you that that maybe have even started to put some doubts into your mind. Or maybe some situations that have caused that. Your opposition may be different from David. Might be finances, might be family, might be work-related. But they're probably there. Another cause of spiritual depression is longing for past happiness. Verse 4. When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with the multitude that kept holy day. David was sitting there 
in hard circumstances of being on the run, cut off geographically from the place of worship that he desired to be at, having all these accusations thrown at him, maybe, I think, I think fairly clearly, some doubts being put into his mind. And here he is going, man, I just wish it was the way it used to be. I wish I was back then, when things were good, when, when there was joy. Look at the words that he uses. When he says, I went with them to the house of God with a voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept holy day. It was great. There was so much happiness there. We were all praising God together. Everybody was there. Everyone was supportive even of me, of worshiping God. It was a great experience. And he's focused on it. He's longing for the good old days. Maybe you've been there. Maybe, maybe you're in one of those times, you know, we talk about Christianity in our life and there's, there's ups and downs and mountains and valleys. Maybe you're in one of those deepest valleys and you're looking back at the past being like, man, I remember how I felt. I remember how I felt when I was on that mountain. When, when things were going right, when, when God was showing His faithfulness to me and I could see it so clearly, and you're longing for that. Rather than taking joy in the current trial, the spiritually depressed soul is captivated by the past. It's like you're shackled to it. Number five, causes for spiritual depression. Number five, feeling abandoned and alone. Verse 9, I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Where are you? Where are you, God? Here I am. I'm trying to be faithful. I'm trying to be faithful. I'm on the run. I long for good things. I long to worship you. I, I, I thirst for you. I hunger for you. And where are you? That's what David is saying. And it's probably what we have said. It's the same boy, same man, who defied Goliath in the name of God, now feels alone and abandoned. Now, if you look at those reasons and you think about it, all of those reasons except for one are based solely on emotion. Right? The one that isn't is there is opposition. Right? And we, we know that in our life. We face opposition. Jesus told us that we would face opposition. James, uh, James tells us to take joy in it. Right? So we, we know that's going to be there. That's reality. But everything else, feeling distant from God. Is He distant? No, but it feels that way. Feeling uncertain of the future. As a Christian, your future is secured. If you've been justified by faith alone, there's no change in that. All right? But you might feel uncertain of the future. A longing for past happiness, that is a feeling. Feeling abandoned and alone. Are you alone? Well, no, not even physically this morning. We're here together. The word that is often said amongst the early church when the church is founded in Acts chapter 2 over and over and over again, the word that comes up is together. We, as a church, 
are together. You're not alone. And then certainly we have the Holy Spirit. We are not alone even when we're by ourselves. God is with us. That's reality. But sometimes that's not how we feel. Sometimes we can look like David looked and, and, and looked at his situations and feel abandoned and alone. Now, if you're thinking, all right, Dean, I get it. Well, I, I fit into that category or maybe I go through some things sometimes and I, I kind of feel that way. But thanks for pointing it out to me. <laughs> well, what am I supposed to do about that? Well, God's Word is good because He is good. And He kind of shows us a little bit. He doesn't give us uh, every solution in this passage. We have to take the whole counsel of God. All right? But there are a few things that David says in here that can help us. All right? One is that you've got to admit to your brokenness to God. Verse 1 and verse 2, more than just being a happy love song to God that we sing in worship, is more of a song of desperation and brokenness. He says, as the heart panteth after the water brooks. It's not just, oh, I'm thirsty. I think I'll stop here and get a drink. Or maybe I'll go to the next pond and get a drink there. You're going to die if you don't get that water. That's what the word means, panteth. This is desperation. This is what David says to God Almighty. He says, I will die if I don't get you. I am desperate for you, God. As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? You have to admit, before you can really get out of this pit of spiritual depression, you have to admit your brokenness to God. You got to cry out and say, I need you. And a desire for God is what should drive you forward. Number two, you got to question your emotions. Look at verses 5 and 11. Why? Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted or roaring within me? It's not good enough to feel and just be complacent with how you feel. You can't just sit there and wallow in those feelings. You have to question your emotions. Put the spotlight on them and say, why? Why do I feel this way? Don't be content with your emotions. Give them no quarter. James 1, verses 14 and 15 Read, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. How does sin happen? It's when you trick yourself. It's when your desire, which I would put an emotion as a part of that, when your desire leads you away. When you aren't looking at your emotion and saying, that's not good enough. Yeah, I feel sad. But why do I feel sad? What right do I have to feel sad? What right do I have to feel angry at God? 
Don't just wallow in those emotions. Don't just be content with sitting back and saying, well, it's just, it's just how I feel. Uh, William Gurnall, another quote he, he put uh, when writing on this psalm, Think it not enough to silence thy heart from quarreling with God, uh, but leave not till thou canst bring it sweetly to rely on God. It's not enough just to question it. You've got to do something about it. What does David do? Essentially, he starts preaching at himself. All right, verses 6 and 7. Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and uh, of the Hermonites from the hill Mizar. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. All right, he, what is he doing? He, he's saying, I'm going to remember God. Uh, my emotions are not good enough for me to forget who God is. I need to inform my emotions. I question them, and then I preach to myself. Remember God. Who is He? What has He done? What has He done for you? David knows what He's done for him. Uh, look even what he says here um, in verse 8. Yet the Lord will command His loving kindness in the daytime. And then the night. By the way, when do you feel the worst? Most likely not when it's sunny out. Most likely not when you're going around town and you're busy, but before you go to sleep. When there's not a sound in the house. And it's, and it's pitch black and you just sit there stuck alone with your thoughts. That's, that's when God shows His loving kindness. That's when, as David says, in the night His song shall be with me and my prayer unto the God of my life. I like the way that Spurgeon put it. Our God is God of the nights as well as the days. When the night is darkest, God is still there. And you have a commitment. Even when you are feeling this way of being spiritually depressed, you have a commitment to your God to remember Him. Remember what He has done. Remember His emotions. His emotions toward you. Of loving kindness, of faithfulness. Spiritual depression can only happen when your emotions go unchecked. So every time that your soul roars, preach to it. Fourth, hope in God. This is the key. Verses 5 and 11, Why art thou cast down on my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God. Verse 11, Why art thou cast down on my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in in God, even when we uh, read from our psalm this morning, the next psalm, it's a continuation, the second verse, if you will, of the song. And again, he says, hope thou in God. That is the key. Why? Because hope is antithetical to spiritual depression. Because when you think about it, at the core of spiritual depression is unbelief. At its core, when you boil everything down, Unbelief is there. Matthew Lawrence, Puritan, he wrote it this way, All sorrow of heart springs principally from our unbelief, not from the greatness of other evils. In other words, we can't blame it on some outside force. Most of it boils down to, I just don't believe. I would rather believe my emotions than what God has said. My emotions are more valid to me than the Word of God. Hope is about trust. Uh, we know that. The word 
you've probably heard it a thousand times, expect. Doesn't mean just kind of, I wish, maybe this will happen, I hope this happens. Biblically, it means an expectation. And that, uh, as an expectation, you are trusting God to hold up His end of the bargain. You have to trust God to be God despite how you feel. You have to inform your emotions. Now again, hope does not mean happiness. It doesn't mean you're going to, alright, well, I just hope in God and I just say that and I'm going to go with a smile everywhere I go. I'm going to be happy. It's not how it works. But it does give peace. So depression says I feel and hope says I trust God anyways. Now, question for you as we come to the end here and I'll wrap up here. Um, has anything changed in David's life from verse 1 to verse 11? Has, have any circumstances changed? Not a single one. He is sitting here just writing this all down. But as he does these things, as he admits his brokenness to God, as he questions his own emotions, as he preaches to himself, and as he hopes in God, there is a change. Look how he ends. For I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. So despite how David feels and experiences, he chooses to praise God. Similarly to Job, he worships. Why? Because he is the health of his countenance. The idea here is deliverance, salvation. Uh, even if you have a different translation than King James this morning, most likely it's translated as salvation. There's a good reason for that. Number three, he says, my God. Notice the confidence there. He's my God. It's not just that he's like it's it's not that he's saying that he's there to help me. Right? But I I believe in him. I believe in him despite everything that's saying I shouldn't. Despite being on the run, despite being cut off geographically from the place of worship of God. Spurgeon put it this way, The saddest countenance shall yet be made to shine if there be a taking of God at His word and an expectation of His salvation. We can have hope. We can have joy. So if this is where you're at this morning, know that God can rescue you from that. Now I'm talking about spiritual depression. He can give you hope. If you believe in Him, if you trust in Him, if you let go of Wallowing in the past happiness, you admit your brokenness to God, He can rescue you from that. It might not be uh, that He fixes everything right off the bat. You never experience it again in your life. This might be something that you struggle with for the rest of your life. David certainly does. But God can still rescue you from that. And if this isn't you, and you're thinking, no, this doesn't really apply to me, I don't feel that way. Be compassionate. Be sympathetic to your brothers and sisters who do go through these things. And praise God for His gospel. Martin Lloyd-Jones, in writing on this, he says, What a gospel! What a glorious message! It can satisfy man's mind completely. It can move his heart entirely. And it can lead to wholehearted obedience to the realm of the will. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do give You praise. That even when I feel like I am distant from you, when I, when I feel cut off, when, when there is opposition all around me, things aren't going my way, and I feel alone, 
that I can know, despite my emotions, despite how I might feel about the situation, the reality is, is that you are sovereign. The reality is, is that you are loving. And the reality is, nothing has changed for my future. And that you are still going to love me. You are still going to be faithful to me. You are still going to call me son. Lord, if there are brothers and sisters in this room who have been dealing with this, um, they feel alone, they feel desperate, Lord, I pray that they would rely on you, that they would believe in you. And Lord, that they would talk to somebody, that they wouldn't be embarrassed or fearful, that there wouldn't be any judgment from the other side, that there would only be grace in that conversation. Lord, I pray that you would help us as a church to be graceful and loving. Lord, I pray that we would believe what Paul wrote in Romans 8. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen.